Well, hello and welcome to this, the latest uh, British Bids uh, podcast, uh, which we're launching or launched a couple of weeks ago. And uh, this is the fifth or sixth that we've done. So this afternoon, I'm pleased to welcome Chief Exec of British Bids, uh, Professor Chris Turner, and uh, alongside him, Jace Tyrrell, who is Chief Exec of the New West End Company, um, one of the largest in terms of levy um, and also best known uh, bids in the UK. Uh, welcome to you both. Good to see you. Uh, Jace, particularly welcome to you and thank you very much for giving us your, your valuable time. As a bit of background, tell us about the New West End bid. You're very kind saying we're the largest, but I think uh, one of the longest, I think, as well, Paul. I think 20 years young this year, uh, so we're one of the first in the UK. So we are both an occupier and a property bid, which is an interesting dynamic which we'll come on to. Uh, principally Bond, Oxford and Regent Street, so the, the great retail boulevards of the West End. Uh, and I think in terms of scale, as you say, one of the largest, but also uh, a lot of demand being the largest as well in terms of that levy, what the expectations are, what we're delivering. But uh, a great privilege to represent these 600 businesses and to be renewed uh, three times now, and hopefully four in a year's time at our ballot. Yeah, sure. And given the nature of your levy payers, who are retail, leisure, hospitality, you know, they are the sort of retail core of central London. Tell us about the kind of day-to-day stuff that you're doing in this in this emergency situation. What what is your day filled with right here, right now? It's interesting. I mean, as you say, a, a great mix of retail, leisure, hospitality brands, but also the property owners. So you're you're going from Prada to Primark, literally, you know, uh, and from the great estates to that private Hong Kong landowner. So it's very global uh, in terms of the mix of companies as well, and and very local in terms of. Um, sort of different approaches to their West End assets or their West End businesses. I mean, I think for us as the bid, it was sort of in three parts. So it was initially, wind back six weeks if we can, what, what did the shutdown look like effectively of the West End? So it was very operational. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we keep businesses going during that lockdown? What are the operational security matters that we were dealing with? I think government was just coming rapidly up with policy to try and support and work through this pandemic. So very early on, it was sort of feeding in real life situations from our businesses, particularly in the relief measures with finance and the rates and some of the practicalities of some of those. And we're still continuing to do that. I think the last couple of weeks is more stabilizing. So actually that resilience of the West End, keeping our community together, starting to talk around the recovery. Uh, and, and really that is sort of phase three, which is what is the recovery? What is the reopening? And what is the bids role both operationally from a policy perspective and also from a, um, a human perspective, all the employees and all the customers who want to come back to the area. So really thinking about it on the, on the customer side, the presentation of the district and the policy environment we're going to operate in is where we've been thinking about it. Long days though, seven days a week, 16 hours a day and lots of Zooming and uh, Microsoft Teams, which I'm more aware, all au fait with now in this great new world of uh, working. Yeah, yeah. So it's strange actually, in the, in the conversations that we've had across the bid industry, people saying, I have never worked so hard. <laughs> but also interestingly, in a session that we did this morning, bid saying, and we don't think we've ever been so appreciated. Are you finding that? Yes, and it was really, really humbling. You kind of forget sometimes uh, the team as well, just working flat out. But actually the board were terrific yesterday. We had our sort of first board meeting, if you like, in the last, um, since, you know, really kicked off. And, you know, they were very grateful for the work, the support, the engagement that we'd been um, working through with them. And I think that appreciation is really going to help all of us and the whole industry as we come through this and out the other side as well. 
So let's talk a little bit about the uh, recovery phase. I mean, as we sit here today, we're waiting for a government announcement regarding extending the uh, the period of shutdown. I think it's it's likely that that will be extended for perhaps another three weeks. And therefore creates an expectation that at the end of that three weeks we will move into something that looks like recovery from from what from what you are seeing at the moment what you're expecting and what you've seen go before what do you think that recovery phase is is going to look like what are you planning for i mean it's presumably not going to be tomorrow morning us end is open again no and i think like uh yourselves and colleagues in the industry you know we're talking to secretaries of state to ministers all the time i, I think it's not it's not a binary reopening of the uk economy and actually for retail leisure hospitality there's different dynamics going on there so i think for retail and for non-grocery retail they're probably one going to be the first to come out of this because they can mm -hmm. practice social distancing what they were doing four weeks ago you know is very different to what they're doing now so i think for the fashion retail businesses uh, that reopening is probably sooner rather than later in the, in the reopening sequencing. Mm -hmm. I think for restaurants, bars, cinemas, theatres, you know, we're talking September, October potentially for some of those. That's a long tail to they actually be able to open to get some revenue into their businesses to bring their staff back. I think the other dynamic in retail is around uh, product, you know, particularly fashion retail. So they're sitting on 15 billion of stock in the UK at the moment. So what are they going to do with that stock and how is that going to be sort of pushed through uh, when we do reopen. I think uh, for the property owners, it's all around the management and the facilities management. So reopening those buildings, all the plant, the facilities, equipment, all that stuff needs to be thought about. I think where we are thinking is the bit is between the public transport of getting to the West End and getting to the stores themselves and to the buildings, whether you're in an office or, or restaurant or retail, you know, what does that, that destination approach look and feel like operationally? So the signage, the hygiene, the queuing, the social distancing in the public space. So how do we create more space for that physically in the West End? Obviously a key quarter for particularly retail and making up a lot of lost sales in the second half of the year. So what does Christmas look and feel like this year in a very, very unusual uh, time? And how do we message that? And how do we support our staff and our customers through that? So that, that's stuff that we're thinking about at the moment. Yeah. But a lot of it's around government. You know, when, when are we going to unlock effectively? Is it going to be regional? Is it going to be sectors? that process so i think once we get some green lights on that it really will help business and bids you know plan for that reopening so, so shall we talk a bit about um about government and i'll turn to to chris chris um i don't think when you took on the role of chief exec of uh, british bids you expected to spend quite the amount of hours that you have in the last two or three weeks talking to central government but is the message at least getting through that bids are key to this recovery whatever that looks like I don't think there's any doubt about that at all. I mean, meetings we have, and, and, and I think the last few weeks, for at least the, the, the three big players in the industry, us, um, place management and ATCM, have really been talking to each other um, and talking to government. Very clear that the that bids are seen as a key part of that process. Um, I think we've been quite useful because British bids, of course, have got a database, we've got resources, we've got the numbers. So we've been feeding into government almost on a daily basis last week um, issues about numbers of bids, sizes of bids, rateable values, levies, all that sort of stuff. Just the figures of, you know, we, we raise 110 million in England. Um, key figures, um, how many bids there are, operational levels. So we've been having a lot of conversations. I think, ironically, irritatingly, nothing has come out of that yet, except a real acceptance that bids are critical. A, for what's happening now. 
that realization that you can't really close down a town without worrying about security and safety and cleanliness uh, and therefore bids have been keeping their rangers on the streets they've been keeping their pcso's operational very critical that um bids have been very very effective in helping their levy payers their members get access to their grant funding the 10k and the 25k a lot of information flowing about that and, and almost every bid's running um, events and women at webinars and zooms to keep all their members happy so i think government knows that's going on um interestingly so that so do the national levy payers i've always been quite nice to people like um sainsbury's and boots um, for them to realize that actually you know bids are critical in this process um, on the other hand you know we still wait for a bit of money from government um and and they will most certainly out of the 326 bids we're looking at at the moment there will be some sadly that will not make their not come through this um you know there are there are some sitting now with reserves of two to three thousand pounds in their bank accounts um not knowing what to do next um and therefore a lot of our work is helping bids just come through that process going dormant and stuff and telling government that that's what we're having to do but they all see government most certainly and the local authorities see bids as critical to the security of the moment and uh, and the great revival sometime in the autumn and jason i know you've been very supportive of the discussions that chris and others have been having with central government the situation financially for us den company because you are much more mature than some of the other bids is, is fortunately not as fragile as some that Chris mentioned but uh, generally to to government and to the bid industry it's it's important that it's it continues and is there ready for the revival yeah a hundred percent I mean I, I share Chris's view I mean again talking to ministers secretaries of state I mean initially it wasn't about the bids per se it was around all these policies of relief packages and the real life challenges of drawing down some of those funds the rates and everything else. But I think the conversation has really moved to the recovery and the role of partnerships. And whether you talk to the government or the opposition, you know, they see the value of bids. So I think that's that's really encouraging. I think, um, you know, that journey from government to local authority is really important. Uh, I think, you know, uh, a time or never, we're gonna need these partnerships operating, aren't we? And I think as an industry, we've got to be very clear, I guess, what our ask government is. So yes, financial sustainability of bids, absolutely top priority. But are there other things in policy terms for our towns and our cities that we need to be playing a really active role in? It isn't going to cost the government money that's really going to help these towns and cities come out of this as well. So what I've tasked the team to do you know, this week is really think about those policies in the next 6, 12, 18 months that won't cost money at a local authority level, in our case a London level and also national level, that's really going to help our businesses, both owners and occupiers, really come through this. Um, just another point earlier, Chris, on, on cleansing, actually, I should mention, we, we tripled our security at the request of members because actually there's a lot of vulnerability. But also we're using this time to deep clean the West End because actually we haven't got 200 million customers coming this year. So we can actually do some of that work. And a lot of owners and, and, and retailers are doing, taking this opportunity also to, to do that vital maintenance work as well. So you can use some of this downtime if you've got the, the capital and the resources to do that to use it effectively. Chris, we're seeing... Um a lot of a lot of bids come up with innovative ways of operating and you know as jay says there the streets are empty so let's take the opportunity have them shining when people come back are you getting a lot of feedback from bids having to be sort of fleet of foot and fairly nimble about how they operate in this period and lots of creative ideas or no. is it is it a really kind of lonely no, it's, it's been really interesting um 
and, and, and from the sublime to, to, to sometimes the really tiny little things like maps on streets so people can, can put footprints outside shops to help the queues, little things like barriers being put up, um, decent bollarding, links between rangers, and that's been one of the big agendas, of course, the link between bid officers, whether they're rangers or police or whatever they call them, and the store detectives of the big department stores who are generally out on the streets now, um, marshalling people going to their shops. So in, in lots of small market towns, now there's probably half a dozen people on the street in charge of queuing and marshalling and the like um, and then other exciting things have come out of it um great stories about bids getting very involved with their hospitals linking in vacant hotels to the hospitals um universities the bid the university and the hospital freeing up two thousand beds for hospital workers which has been an amazing story in one in, in a couple of places a lot of links between bids the fire brigade the ambulance and hospitals so they've all been coming together um it, silly things the clap out on thursday night being shared by lots of people have been great stories of innovation um, and bids have been part of that and some really interesting stories across the country of bids being very involved in local provision of food stuff so that the small people who do artisanal bread and and gin and olives now have local websites where they can deliver by hand the market stores in one town delivering flowers across the whole town just by cutting stuff and walking so there's been some really interesting ideas of bids of course who know their members so that's the great difference i think between a local authority trying like mad to get the numbers right but bids know their businesses and therefore they have been doing a huge amount of work and there's been great stories and we'll look back on that when we have our conference in the year and give our awards to the bids that have done best we mustn't forget some of these very small projects that the bids have been involved with which have been very very good very exciting Jace, let me finally ask ask you a question not entirely related, actually, to the, the current emergency. Um, you will know that a great interest of, of mine and of British bids is what is the future of place? What is the future of retail? How do we re-engage with place? So, uh, uh, so imagine for a second, post-COVID-19, the West End goes back to a, it might be new, but a new kind of normal. Mm-hmm. What... This is such a broad question and we could be here all night, but what's the future of retail generally, do you think? That is the exam question, isn't it? So, um, I mean, I think this this pandemic emergency is just full throttle the structural changes, you know, that are happening in the sector already. I think probably for the West End, we were ahead of the UK curve a bit because actually there was a lot of innovation already coming in in terms of new leases, new concepts. Um, The planning policy locally was really uh, encouraging that shift of use as well. I mean, let's face it, fewer retail, experiential brand and and place and sustainable places is the future and every town and city will approach that in a different way. I think what was, what's been really striking, and Chris touched on this, is this, this sense of community, genuine community, has really played out strongly during this crisis. And actually, you know, for our towns and cities, that place and that community, whether it's the bid or whatever vehicle that is, is only going to be stronger as we, as we move through this. I think for retail, it's, it's interesting because in the immediate period, this whole thing about experiential and people Uh, It's been about getting up and close and personal. And we're going to have probably a year or two where we're not getting up close and personal. So it's really going to disrupt those models. But the medium to long term is a completely different dynamic of what we occupy the space with, how we transact products and services, uh, and what that experience. And I think it's probably going to be more genuine uh, and more higher value experiences than what we've had in the past. And from the property owner perspective, um, you know, you are... uh 
one of only two bids in the UK with property owner bids that sit alongside your occupier bid. The property owners who purchased units that they thought were shops and yeah. would always have one retailer replaced by another, presumably are beginning to rethink what the future of that physical building is because it's not necessarily going to be retail. Is that right? Totally. And I think this shift in dynamic use of buildings and seasonality of buildings, I mean, that, that idea of 15-year leases has gone, hasn't it? You know, that covenant of retail. So I think probably for the West End, they've been on this journey for quite a while anyway. And I think the long-term landlords have taken a very different approach to tenancy agreements, their relationship with their customer, which are the occupiers. I think that's not universal. So I think it's good it's happening here. And let's hope more of that around the country as well. Um, I think probably this has really sharpened the, the reward and risk, you know, the good times and the bad times with both the landlord and the tenant has never been more true than now, has it? So actually, you share in the good times and you share in the bad times. And actually, you know, this is probably, again, full throttle, that kind of that dynamic between landlord and tenant, uh, which probably is a good thing on balance of actually sharing that, collaborating more and, and sharing the returns for the future is, is a good thing. And Chris, the bids conference moves Back to London uh, this year, um, alongside the kind of lessons and the changes that we're hearing from Jace. But the lessons the rest of the industry can learn from what's gone on in the West End, going on in the West End and the changing nature of places. Everybody's going to have to recognise this, aren't they? Shops that have been shops for decades are possibly not going to be shops in the future or they're going to be different kind of shops. There's lessons to be learned by everybody. And although uh, clearly... New West End has been very involved with this, but there's also been lots of small market towns up and down the country, places like Kings Lynn, um, Wimborne, playing around with these models in a very, very different fashion. Um, often because owners are becoming much more innovative, they want their properties to look nicer, and therefore the old traditional models of just you know renting it out for a decade and, and, and standing back has disappeared. Everybody wants to be involved in making their places feel very, very different. Um, and bids are part of that. Um, bids are driving forces because often we've got data that no one else has got. We, we've got landlords' data, we've got the businesses' data, we've got the history data, we know who's been successful in what particular units and what hasn't um, and that sense of not quite live work units but that slightly almost medieval concept of a, of, of, a, of a shop or some operator with people living above it is already starting to emerge you know artisanal bread makers people that make gin living above their shops um, renting out the property buying the property that's that's the big change that's going on now very exciting because what it gives a town of course a small town is effectively um, a population that is almost self-sustaining the people who live in the town keep the businesses of the town going and and that's how it used to be and there's a slight sense of that coming back now which means we travel less we 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 use our public transport less the whole model becomes very different i think Um, and many people will gain enormously from that Um, some will lose and and will never see the light of day and in a way we're seeing some of those big changes happening at this moment aren't we with big players just going under I think your, your choice word there, Chris, is sustainability and sustainable. So whether it's environmentally sustainable, economically sustainable, socially sustainable, that is the future of towns and cities, yeah. isn't it? The sustainability Absolutely. at all those levels. Yeah. And Jace, you talked a little bit there about the historic relationship between a landlord and a tenant. Landlord saying, I want the best covenant I can have, making the most, uh, pay me the most amount of rent. And a tenant saying, 
I want the most um, amenable landlord I can get and pay the minimal rent. So they actually start in that relationship with, in opposing positions. Yeah. Your bid, though, which has property owners alongside occupiers, creating effectively, I know two organisations, but a single investment model, that's kind of the way of the future in terms of property management, isn't it? Hundred percent, and I think again that realistic uh, conversation. It's not a race to the bottom on costs, and you know it's not a race to the top on value. And actually, you can meet somewhere in the middle. Uh, and I have to say, sitting around our board table, sitting around our member forums, you've got landlords and businesses, you know, coming together talking about these issues. And the more enlightened landlords, I have to say, get this. You know, they are re- resetting their entire business strategy. They're thinking long term. Uh, I think the traditional model, as you say, Chris, is gone. You know, I think the towns and cities and landlords that keep that in play will not exist in 10 years' time. So I think, uh, you know, in some ways, I guess the, the bid, MWEC was pioneering some of that relationship and that dynamic. And, you know, they say to us, you know, through coming together through the bid, you're convening conversations we haven't had or wouldn't necessarily have, and now we can. So that, that's got to be good for the industry. That's got to be good for business. So quick yes or no to finish on. Same question to you both. Jace first. Um, If I look back in two years' time, am I going to see property owner bids outside of central London? If the market wants it, I hope that happens, yes. Okay, because the experience has been good. Yes, but only if it's led by the market, as we know, not led by the local authority. (laughs) Okay, all right. Chris, two years' time, are we likely to see it and will the market want it? Um, There will be a small number in very selective places where the market does want it. Um, and some of that's driven by silly things like data and lists and who owns them. But yes, there will be a few in some small, very sophisticated places where they know what they're doing. And that will then work. And then I think over a 10 year period, that sort of time scale, we'll see more of it emerging. All right. Well, to both of you, thank you very much. Jason, okay. you go back to serving the businesses of our, of our vitally important uh, West End. Chris, you go back to more discussions with central government. Uh, and to everybody else, thank you very much for listening or watching. Uh, you can download this from various platforms now. And if you'd like to take part in one of the future podcasts, please do let the British Bids uh, team know. Chris and Jace, thank you so much for your time. Pleasure. Thank you very much indeed. And good luck to each other. Bye-bye to you. Bye-bye.